listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We're talking about preschool today. What One of the most fun things that happens in kids ministry starts at the youngest ages. And so we wanted to spend a little time today talking about the importance of preschool. Preschool is its own thing, and it needs to be, and we need to have uh, the right perspective on how we lead our preschool ministries. It's not just childcare. I know for a lot of you listeners who are preschool-minded, the idea of childcare is something that we reject and resist and push against because this is so much more than that. Real ministry happens in the preschool space. It's also not the same as kids' ministry. We can't just simplify what we're doing for kids and assume that that will work in preschool. Preschoolers are their own people, and we need to treat them that way. And so today, as we talk about preschool, I have two friends who are preschool experts. Kimba Campbell leads our Bible Studies for Life team. She's the publishing team leader for Bible Studies for Life Kids. Welcome, Kimba. Thank you. So glad to be here with you. And then our friend Delany Williams. Delany has been a trainer and a specialist for Lifeway Kids for many years. And you may know her from some of that. She is currently working on our gospel project preschool content. And so, Delany, we're thrilled to have you back again today. Thanks, Chuck. So excited to talk about preschool ministry. All right. Well, let's go there. Let's go there. Preschool is one of those things that certain people who are preschool minded just get it. And I love preschool. Preschool is one of my favorite places when I get to go and serve uh, under my daughter. As, when she leads her ministry, I often get to go and help in her preschool space when she needs extra hands. We often need extra hands. And so I, I just love working with those little, little, little ones with those very simple foundational stories. What are some of the things, guys, that make preschool so important? I, I think that it's kind of the starting point. Um, it often brings families together. I think a lot of times, you know, people that are, you know, younger generation, they might have strayed from the church, but once they have those kids, they come back. And I think it's so important just to be there for the parents, to be there for the kids. And they are laying the foundations of faith for these children um, that's going to carry through throughout their childhood and, and through adulthood. Yeah, you touched on that idea that that sometimes maybe families or young adults who have been away come back to the church when they have children. And preschool can be that very first really important touch point, Delany. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking as Kimba was talking about. Many times the first interaction a family has with the church is with the preschool ministry. Because mm -hmm. what we've seen is parents will go to the worship service, but they may not go to a class or a group for them those first few times. But more than likely, they will bring their preschooler to the preschoolers class. And so if they have a great experience in your preschool ministry, that's going to help build trust with them and the church and Christ and know that their child's needs are being taken care of and that they can trust that their child is safe in a safe and caring environment while they are learning about God in the worship service and in their group as well. And so that's a lot of pressure, but it's also a great responsibility and an opportunity we have as preschool ministry leaders to impact families. 
So we'll talk in a bit about like some of the important things that we need to communicate and how to interact and engage with the children. But while we're still here, there really is an important uh, awareness that we need to have in the preschool space that our volunteers and our leaders, we need to be parent aware. Absolutely. Because a lot of times, especially first time parents, you know, they're nervous and dropping off their kids and, you know, they need to know that this is a, that the church is a safe place, that it is filled with people that love their kids and, and want to invest in their kids. And it, it starts in the nursery. It starts in the nursery of, you know, was their child fed? Was their diaper changed? Um, were they held when they were crying? Um, we also know that separation anxiety is huge in the preschool age and so just being that consistent um, volunteer, that consistent face that the kid can know this is a place that I am loved and that the parents can know that, okay, there might be a little crying at the door as they are dropping off, but yes. their child is going to be cared for. Crying by the parent as well as the child. Sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. You're yes. exactly right. And I think Kimba going on with that is, you know, that's natural for that child to cry a couple of minutes or something, you know, but even if there's a way to communicate to the parents, hey, they're playing, they're fine, they're great now, you know, I think that just gives that assurance, okay, we are okay, everything is fine, my child's needs are being met, um, and maybe there's not as much of that crying on the parents, and like you're saying, Chuck, because <laughs> that is so true, you're like, I don't know who's crying more, the parent or the child. So. Sometimes, other times, those parents are just so desperate for a little moment, right? When they can go, be be by themselves in grown-up space and in grown-up church where they are so hungry for us to know that there's a safe place for them to have their children. Um, it, they may see a, a bit of child care in terms of that hour, but we know it's so much more than that. Let's So let's talk a bit about how, how preschool is more than child care. I think it's important to know that we are laying those foundations of faith for them. I know at Lifeway, we love our levels of biblical learning, um, which is basically it studies 10 concept areas and it develops as a kid grows. It starts in the babies all the way up through high school. And it's these 10 concept areas that grow and develop with them as they grow. So they are learning, for example, that Jesus loves them, that the Bible is true, um, that church is a place that God created, um, you know, that the God created the families and that talk about families in the Bible. And so all those foundations are going to grow that it starts, like we said, it starts in the nursery and it's going to carry on. And those, those developmental concepts are going to develop as they go up through high school. Hmm. You know, I think also like you're talking about Kimba, how those develops with those concepts that are developing that they're learning and how that goes on all the way up through high school and all. And it is so important. Like you're saying, they're learning so much during those first few years. We know that a person learns 50% of what he will learn the rest of his life during those first few years of life. Mm -hmm. If you think about everything that's learned. And so that's so important that we we are good stewards of that time that we aren't considering it childcare or babysitting because if they're able to develop physically and mentally and socially and emotionally, they're also able to develop spiritually. But like you said, Kim, Kimba, it's doing it in those development 
ways, making sure that we keep in mind their development to help build on that foundation. And, you know, I think as a preschool teacher, what's also real exciting is we get to be some of the first people to introduce Bible stories to them. Mm. If you think about that, you know, the first time they hear the story, we're, we get that privilege of telling it to those two-year-olds, the three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, those babies in the infant rooms that we're telling it to them in age-appropriate ways, those concepts that Kimbo was sharing. Now, you two both develop, for Lifeway Kids, preschool curriculum, among other work that you do. You are both on the front lines of developing uh, preschool curriculum that many churches are using. What would you say to those churches who may not be using a study plan for their preschoolers, right? Because some just think, oh, they're little. We can just play together and sing a simple Bible song, that which is wonderful to sing little songs that help them know that Jesus loves me and things like that. But for those who might think that's enough or that that covers it, what, what might they be missing if they're not using a study plan that was written specifically for the preschool age group? I think it's, first of all, important to realize and to, to know and to remember that, that preschoolers learn through play. Mm. And so, you know, what is someone walking through, you know, a preschool room might just see these kids building blocks. There's so much more that can be done with building blocks. You know, they can be learning about that God built the church and they can build, be building a church or maybe build a home and they can talk about the families. So I think when it comes to preschool ministry, yes, you're going to have a lot of play, but it's how you're directing those conversations and the why of what they're doing when they're playing. So when they're playing in the home living area, you, you know, you can talk about how God created the families. Um, you know, God, God made you special. Um, you know, you can really just apply everything that you do and gear it, guide it towards that biblical truth that you want them to learn. So for those that are not using um, curriculum, I encourage you to look at the curriculum that we offer at Lifeway um, because it is a lot of play, but it's a directed play. It's directed and keeping the conversation focused on, on Jesus and, and on learning and preschools learn through repetition. So, you know, you might be doing the same song 500 times, but preschoolers <laughs> are learning through that repetition. You know, I think it is very important that we do use curriculum, even in beginning with our babies, because it has that way we have a strategic plan and we know what our goal is. And as Kimba was talking about, is, you know, it may look like play. It may look like people may think, well, there's really, you know, we can just teach them this. Or like you said, we can teach them a song. And anytime preschoolers are learning about God and it's theologically correct and Jesus and anything in the Bible, then that's great. But we want to make sure that that is a focus and doesn't become an afterthought. I feel like whenever you have curriculum, there and you help your teachers know how to use it and how to adapt it to their situation that's going to meet their needs the best, then then that is going to be a win-win and we're being good stewards of the time that we have. And we're also helping them see the big picture, see their part of the puzzle in a child's life to build that foundation. So I think it's it's important to have the curriculum to help have that plan and to also know that, um, especially 
at Lifeway, knowing all the process and the prayer and the work that goes in through the curriculum and the input we have from church leaders, and even with our, our teaching pictures, the Bible story pictures, just making sure those are all theologically correct. It's so important, and it's something that needs to be a priority and not an afterthought, even when we come to our preschool ministries to make sure that we're providing biblically sound, age-appropriate curriculum. So let's talk a bit about this. Go ahead, Kimba. I was going to say, I think in addition to that, um, I totally agree. And I think in addition to that, it's so important in a preschool room for them to see the Bible and see the Bible open. And, you know, whenever I've, I've told teachers this so many times, you know, when you're telling the Bible story, open the Bible so that kids see this story is true. This really happened. This isn't a make-believe story, you know, because there's so much out there that's Disney World and fantasy and all that. And we really want the kids to know, like, this is a true story, that this really happened, that God is real. So get those Bibles in those preschool classrooms. They don't know how to read, but they can still open up their Bible and find it and find that Bible story. That's right. And they can, and it's important for them to know that the things that we are being taught come from that special book, from God's book that was written for us to know him. And that's so important for preschoolers to know that really God's word is the authority and, can, and they can understand that. And that's part of, as we talk about foundations, laying some of those foundational truths that the Bible is true and it's God's book to us. That really sets them up well for what will come later when they move into older kids uh, areas and they start hearing more about the truth that's in God's word. Um, the You touched on it. I want to make sure we don't miss this for anyone. The importance of making sure that they understand that these are not stories. That's a word that I struggle with in kids ministry all the time, right? Trying to come up with new ways to say, this is what happened to Moses, right? Or this, as opposed to, here's a story about Moses. Is there a specific language we might use with our younger ones to uh, to make it clear? And what are some other ways maybe that we, that are some tips for how we can use language that says to them, these are not made up stories like the cartoons that you watch, you know, on, on YouTube or wherever you kids watch cartoons these days, but that these, these are real things that really happen to real people. I think with that, that's that's so important for them because especially preschool age is hard for them to differentiate between realistic and fantasy. And so as a teacher, we need to do everything we can and do our best to make sure everything we tell them is true. So when we say this happened or in the Bible, this is true, they believe it. And so, I mean, that means whenever we're talking about the, the story or examples or just conversation, because we know they learn through as we're talking with them and that conversation that we're, we're talking about things that happen and not necessarily, um, fantasy type things. And, and just to help them understand in that way, you're keeping everything that you talk about at church to be real. And like he said, I mean, you say this happened or even just saying Moses and, you know, just saying the sentence, this is instead of this is what happened. You know, Moses did this. Um, also helping them, like um, Kimba said, they may they're not going to be able to read the Bible at that age in the preschool years, but they can start to open it. They can turn the page. And then so as they're turning the pages and all and opening opening the Bible, 
talk about the story. I mean, and I think there is that where you can say, you know, how do you think Moses felt? And so that helps like draw them in. Of course, you're going to need to tailor your questions to the age. You're not going to ask a one-year-old that, but you know, that type of thing. Um, And just using that conversation as as they play to help reinforce the Bible story. I I completely agree. I know um, whenever I've taught preschoolers, I always say, you know, have them open up the Bible and say the Bible is God's word and everything in the Bible is true. You know, so just every time I say that, like this is God's word, everything in the Bible is true. And I've seen even in a little um, one year old classroom that they had um, like little kid Bibles and they would pass them out. And even they would just have like the little um babies, you know, pat the Bible and say, this is God's word. So they can see like, this is something special. This is a special book. You know, um, that made me think, Kim, as you were talking about all that, we do have the resource Bible skills for kids. That'd be very helpful for our church leaders to look at. And it shows, you know, what are some developmental skills that can be done at certain ages for, for, um, for our preschoolers. And so that would be a helpful resource for our preschool teachers. This, so this idea of using a physical Bible seems so basic and so simple that we should all just understand that and be doing that. But it's we, we need to be careful to not assume, especially with our volunteers. And so we know as adults that we can access God's Word on our phones and on our Bible apps, and that's very valid for us as adults. We know we can read the piece of paper and read the, you know, the, the Bible study of the day off the piece of paper that came with the, the curriculum, and that's adequate for us to communicate the facts and details of the Bible passage of the day. But for those kids, those little littles, it's so important for them to see that the things we're talking about don't come from a sheet of paper. They don't come from an activity page. They don't come from the internet or from a cell phone. They come from this very special book. So that that alone, listeners, if you take that away and we implement that in our in our preschool areas, and I would say even through children and into student ministry and even into adults, it's so important for us to reinforce in children that when those times come later in life, when they're looking for God, when they want, when they maybe they have been disconnected from the Lord, or they're going through a time of difficulty, that they know the answer is not to look to their phone or even necessarily to a person, it's to look to God's word. And that's a really strong message that we can begin to to ingrain in children from the youngest of ages. All right. So you mentioned that kids learn a lot through play. And I think we should click on that for a second. Um, And I had asked about the use of curriculum. So a lot of us think that curriculum really is for teaching content, but really a good resource that understands how preschoolers learn is going to include uh, things that help that learning be active and help kids move around. What can you two tell us about attention spans and about keeping things moving and having different types uh, or different uh, ways that kids can learn as opposed to just that lecture concept where the kids sit still and I teach them something? 
Yeah, you're not going to keep a two-year-old to sit there for 20 minutes. No matter how <laughs> good you are. Like, you're exactly. going to get frustrated and they're going to get frustrated. So yeah. there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think that's where it comes down to the value of curriculum because, you know, you can be the best teacher and come up with all these amazing ideas, but it's so great to have something that's written that says, hey, here's an activity that applies to that, um, the Bible truth that we want to teach. Um, so like I said, it's going to look very different. You're going to have, you're going to have some kids over here playing with the blocks and some are going to be rocking baby dolls and some are going to be in the kitchen and some are going to be in the art, you know, doing art activity. But it is all applying that Bible truth. So what do we want these kids to walk away from for this day? Um, and then as far as sitting, you know, on the floor, um, get the, you know, when it comes to actually telling the Bible study time, the Bible story, um, get the kids on the floor, get them to interact, whether it's pass the teaching picture around so that they can all, we all know everybody likes, all preschoolers like to touch everything that you have, Uh, you know, so I'm always a big fan of like passing that teaching picture around so they can see it, um, passing if if you're talking about, um, baby Moses, maybe pass a baby doll around so that they can feel like they're involved. Um, get them to even learn scripture. Um, I, I'm amazed. I have heard two-year-olds that have been able to quote a Bible verse and it is amazing. So they are not, they're sponges. I mean, they learn Bible verses better than I do. <laughs> so, you know, get them to learn, you know, a Bible story, teaching them a Bible song, you know, a Bible verse that's to music this to a song. I still remember Bible verses when I was a kid that I can still sing (laughs) because I I learned it through music. So getting them active involved. And the simple songs make things just stick in your head. And it is funny how many things that a lot of us remember from early childhood because it was set to music. Yeah. Such a great idea. And, you know, Kimba, you're talking about how they're active in that short attention span. And I think that is important for our our teachers to remember that when you were teaching through those activities, it may seem like a simple activity for, for us. I mean, like, how can that be so much fun or that can be interesting? But for preschoolers, they'll want to do it again and again and again. If you've ever done anything with a water plate, you know, like all of a sudden their attention span becomes 30 minutes because they love that. <laughs> but I mean, that is a unique type activity, but also realizing that that when you see the curriculum and you see all the options for the activities, you don't have to do every single activity. Maybe you select a few that's going to work in your situation. And also getting to know the the preschoolers in your class and knowing their interests and what they like. We know that some children, like you mentioned, can love blocks. Some love baby dolls. Um, a couple of years ago, the class of kindergartners I taught they loved blocks and it's a heavy boy class, but then there were a lot of girls that loved the art. So every week we made sure that in the activities that we chose to provide from the curriculum, that we had the block activity and the, and an art activity because when children are engaged in that activity, the best learning is going to take place because they're, if, if it, if we quote, make them do an activity that maybe they don't enjoy or that's not the way that they learn best, then that's when I've found there's more discipline challenges that occur. And, and it's not a great experience for them or the teachers 
And so we want to teach them in the way that God's created them to learn and the, and use that avenue through play and the way that they can learn best. And I've often heard that play is a preschooler's work. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's so important to remember, too, that as people walk by those classes, like we said earlier, it looks like, oh, it's just play. What are they doing? Well, no, it's purposeful play. There's mm-hmm. a goal in mind with it. Absolutely. So what we teach matters, the way that we teach it matters, but also I think, guys, I think who we have teaching makes a big difference too in the preschool space. You can't just plop any old person who's available into that preschool room especially and have it work. There's something special about about what makes someone a really outstanding preschool leader. What are some of the things that you have seen in people uh, or characteristics that you would say as we're looking to recruit, let's say, what kind of people make the best preschool leaders? What sort of characteristics should we be looking for? I think, first of all, someone that truly understands that this isn't just babysitting. You know, you don't want just a warm body in there of somebody that's just like, just keep them safe. Yeah, keep them safe. Don't put the fork in the outlet. That's it. Okay, good. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Like, I'm here just to, like, wait, you know, watching the clock the whole time going as a service. Break up the fights over who's got the truck and who's got the. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure that your teachers understand. And I think that's where teacher training is so important um, because a lot of times people, they have a heart and they have a, they, they want to, but they don't truly know. So I think just educating them on that preschoolers do le- learn through play, that they don't do learn through repetition. And then, like we've said before, providing them curriculum that um, sets them up for success because you can't you can't just put a a teacher in there and say, here, here's a classroom. That's not going to (laughs) work. You know, so set them up for success. Um, So, yeah, someone that really, really has a love for for preschoolers and love for what we do. And I would also add to that being flexible. I know you said convert understanding, but flexible because, you know, yes, you have a plan that this is the way it's going to go. And within five minutes, something, you know, you have to be flexible, especially teaching preschoolers and all of that and um, helping to meet their needs. And and really, like you're saying, understanding who they are and how they develop is important. And then I think also being dedicated Um Of course, I think we know this goes without saying, but a growing Christian, but also someone that's going to be dedicated and see this as a way to serve Christ. I've seen many times that preschool teachers are some of the first to arrive at church and some of the last ones to leave because there comes, you know, they're getting there early because preschoolers come early. Their parents bring them early so they can get to their classes and to the worship service on time. And so just people that see it as a way to really serve others and serve Christ, something really important. Uh, I think I think it's also important for teachers to know, like they they are often the first person that these kids make a connection with at church. And so how important that is to greet the kids at the door, you know, to get down on their level 
I mean, you know, we don't want the teachers to be scrolling on their phone as the preschoolers are coming in, you know, know them by name, know their dog's name. I mean, you know, preschoolers will tell you the most random things about their life <laughs> and, you know, what is their favorite sport or favorite toy that they play with or what did they eat for breakfast? I mean, just the importance of getting down on their level when they first walk into that classroom, I think is so important um, to help them know that they are welcome and they are loved and they're not just there as a burden, <laughs> you know, as, uh, as a teacher is distracted or, or I struggle with this sometimes because I like to talk, but, you know, talking with your team, your teacher that you, your co-teacher, um, it is so easy to get in there and it's like social hour. You're catching up with your best bud that you teach with. And I, I have, a, I have to catch myself sometimes to go, okay, I'm here for the kids, <laughs> you know, because I can talk to my, my co-teacher another time, but to get on, on the level of those kids and, and to really connect with them. That And I think that is so important. And that's a great thing for us to wrap with today is the importance of what probably one of the most important things that you can do as a leader and look for in a leader is someone who will be there, who, who's going to be consistent and who's going to make the effort to connect with the children. We It's not so much that you have to be an outstanding Bible teacher or a fantastic communicator. Kids want to be seen and they need to be noticed. And they are looking forward to seeing that same face and that same person that they recognize. And all things like separation anxiety and the ability to feel safe and to, uh, you know, to not be on high alert, to be in a place where they can listen. A lot of that comes through having a relationship with that leader where they know the leader and the leader knows them. So I love that advice that you've both given. We often say that discipleship happens in the context of relationship. And that is absolutely true, even with our youngest ones that, you know, thinking back, uh, we often remember who our teachers were when we were really little. We may not remember everything that they taught us, but, but certainly having a teacher who we know cares about us makes a big difference uh, in how much of the truth that we're teaching kids absorb into their hearts and minds. Delany Williams, Kimba Campbell, thank you both for being on the podcast today. Thank Thanks. you for having us. We love our preschool teams. And so listeners, we want you to know that we have a bunch of really great preschool resources. You can find everything that we have at lifeway.com slash kids. It's the one place to go where you can find all of our curriculum resources, including Bible Studies for Life Kids in Preschool that Kimba works on, the Gospel Project Kids in Preschool, where Delany is working, our Explore the Bible Kids in Preschool, our Vacation Bible School has a whole preschool component. There's just a ton of great resources, including our blog, which you can find also at lifeway.com slash kids, and back episodes of the podcast. We recently did an episode with Dr. Mary uh, Simon, where we talked about separation anxiety. And so I would encourage you to go and find that episode to listen to that as well. All there at lifeway.com slash kids. Listeners, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.